All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of the Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. One day closer to the weekend, one day closer to another big SEC series against the University of Tennessee. We will have full coverage of that event over on jeanspage.com. I'll be making the trip out uh, Friday morning. Looking for I never covered a ball game in Knoxville. We'll have a chance to do... Uh, a couple weekends. We'll have uh, the baseball weekend this weekend. Of course, Mississippi State heads up there to play football there uh, later this year. So any of you uh, fans in that neck of the woods, you'll get a chance to uh, to see the Bulldogs up close and personal in your home state multiple times this year. Eager to get on the road. Enjoy road baseball, man. Lo- absolutely love it, man. It is so great to go to different parks and venues and kind of take it all in. Not- nothing compares to Duty Noble Field. Even before the... Uh, even before the renovation, nothing really compared. And, and there's a mystique to Duty Noble Field. It's a little different than uh, other places. You know, some other people have, uh, they got a lot of concrete and steel and 
uh, and now we have surpassed that. But uh, there are some places out there that are pretty nice. But um, there's just a certain appeal about Duty Noble that makes it different. And uh, so I always enjoy going to other places and kind of seeing how everybody else does things. This uh, Tennessee team, uh, a, a, a good start. Not a great start. Now we've got in the conference play. They've kind of come back down to earth. Got off to the best start in school history to begin the season. And uh, a little different deal now. But uh, we'll preview that series on Friday show. Matter of fact, might even record that Thursday night. You know how I'm such a night owl, right? And so might just go ahead and do that and have that ready for when you guys get up and get ready to roll to work on Friday. Boneyard may be waiting on you because I plan on getting up early and, and driving on the Knoxville. So... Uh, we'll get into that. We're going to talk a little bit about Louisiana Monroe. We're going to talk a lot about Louisiana Monroe and kind of a wild day in college baseball on yesterday. But I want to thank our fine sponsors, uh, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew at Campus Bookmark. They have been so good to me and to the Boneyard uh, all these many years. So happy to have them as partners, man. It is absolutely great. Even through the transition, Stan and man, the whole crew, loyal to the very end. I'm going to ask you, because they support me, I'm going to ask you to support them. And uh, go by and see Stan Ray and go by and visit with them. And chances are, if you're out of left field land, Stan Ray may be out there. You know, because uh, Stan, not only is Campus Bookmart a place that's in Starkville, it's run by Stark villains. It's run by people that love Mississippi State. So you're not just investing in uh, a nice new pullover. You're investing in a Mississippi State business. And so if you can't make it to town, we encourage you to go to campusbookmart.net for your online shopping needs. You can find the latest in maroon and white fashions, uh, memorabilia, novelty items, things for your home, your vehicle, your pet, whatever. Campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal bone, your listener will give you a promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll save you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. While you're out there online shopping, let me encourage you to go to StarkVillain.com. And uh, you can go ahead and, and order the Stark Villain gear in anticipation of the Stark Villain book, which is, I've got to say, we're very, very close now. It's one of those things where uh, I'm so excited about it. Let me get into that just for a minute here. But let me tell you, you can go to StarkVillains.com, order your shirts. You can get the black and ones that I, that I wear. You can get the maroon and white ones. You can get... Uh, you know, several local school colors. There's just a lot of things out there, a lot of options for you. You can get the hoodie, you can get a long sleeve shirt. And some of you guys got to be a little careful in the sign. So we've made that long sleeve shirt an option for you as well. So go get the Stark Villain gear. Uh, so I'm I'm basically down to one final interview for Stark Villains. I'm not going to tell you who it is because I want to make sure, because if something should happen and this interview fall apart, I don't want people to come back later and say, hey, well, the book was great, but I didn't get this interview because I've gotten so many great ones in there already. There's one I'm waiting for. I entered the week needing four. I had four left. Uh, well, today's Wednesday. I've already knocked out three. So we're down to one interview. And there's a couple people i got to call for a quote, you know, about a play or a shot or whatever. But as far as, like, major interviews to kind of base chapters around, that's done now. One interview left. And so um, I had an opportunity earlier this week to speak to Morgan William. You can guess what that's about and uh, some other things, obviously. But it was important to me because of our success in women's basketball to get a women's basketball chapter uh, in the book, and uh, Morgan asked me, she goes, well, wh- why do you want to talk to me? Why don't you talk to this person or that person? And I said, well, there's a couple reasons why. Number one, uh, you guys swept Ole Miss in your career. You swept Ole Miss. You didn't lose a single game, and then you hit one of the biggest shots in the history of basketball, not just women's basketball, but men's and women's combined, one of the biggest shots in the history of the game, and then everybody loves you. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. 
And so uh, Morgan's great and um, working for Pepsi now. How about that? So uh, very excited to bring that to you. Uh, some, some insight into the Mississippi State women's basketball program from kind of behind the scenes. Maybe you wouldn't have otherwise. And then I uh, had an opportunity to, uh, to visit with Greg Carter, a Mississippi State basketball legend, a member of the Mississippi State uh, Sports Hall of Fame, Greg Carter, current Starville High School coach, multi-state championship winning coach, the uh, father of current Bulldog Tyson Carter, spoke with him. And I'll tell you, there are a lot of people out there you speak to that have good memories about things. But, you know, Greg Carter uh, is in a different class. Speaking to Greg, like I mentioned them about opening on the road at Kentucky one year. He goes, oh, I'll never forget that game. It was 55-17 at the half. And I'm beginning to think to myself, man, how do you remember that? And you think about how traumatic that would be, you know, for a, you know, for a, for a young basketball player, you know, you're an enterprising guy trying to build a brand, and you go on the road and play number one Kentucky and get smashed in the first half. But uh, some things, again, some behind-the-scenes things, that kind of went on when uh, when those guys, he and Tony Watts and Doug Hartsfield and Cameron Burns, those guys played together with some of our very exciting and favorite teams. And then uh, I got to uh, finally track down. I've had so many people. There have been so many years back in the, uh, you know, 50s and 60s, there were, and even in the 70s, that uh, that Bully had been, was kidnapped by Ole Miss people. And uh, there are a couple of those stories that are somewhat legendary. You know, some of them are just kind of cute, just, you know, college hijinks, that sort of stuff. But there, there's one story in particular that, that had a very tragic ending. And so I finally tracked down somebody with intimate knowledge on both sides of that story. And I really believe that some of the, uh, the highlights of the book, I've got some student chapters. You know what I'm saying? Like some things that students did within the rivalry. This is one of them. The story of this wild ride about bully being kidnapped uh, you know, from the uh, Sigma Chi house. And then the the experience and, and steps that it took for our students to kind of get him back and the condition with which they got him back in, that is something you're going to want to read. Absolutely going to want to read. And so it's uh, I have um, a couple people that, that do some proofreading for me before I submit these chapters in. And then, of course, there's like a round of people that read it, and then it comes back to me. You know how it is, and I'm such a baby about things, but there's all these things that come back, and it's like, well, you know, need, need more explanation here. This is unclear, and that sort of stuff. So you got to do all these edits and rewrites and sort of stuff. But but the uh, some of the favorite chapters so far of the people that are doing the editing and the proofreading and that sort of stuff have been these chapters about the steps that just ordinary people took, that students at Mississippi State took, uh, and kind of blows they struck against the whole miss in the rivalry. And so... Uh, so I'm eager for you guys to get it. And so so what will happen now is now that I've got these interviews done, I'll write these chapters here in the next 10 days. So if I wasn't going to Knoxville, we'd go ahead and do it. So, so hopefully by next week we'll have just about all that finished. And then we'll do the rewrites and that sort of stuff. And then uh, I'll have to kind of remove my ego from all that and kind of be, try to be as objective as I can be and, and just do what needs to be done. And then the book will be laid out. And so pretty soon we will have a cover for you guys to see. We'll go ahead and have some artwork out there. Uh, excited about that. That's uh, that's kind of a sign for me that, I, that I've hit the end of the process. You know what I'm saying? It's always kind of a relief when I when I begin to see that. And so uh, so we'll have a release date for you soon. Very very excited. And, and I, one of the things that I did when I began to write this book is I kind of let people know what I wanted to do. And I said, here's the here's the kind of stories that I want to write. People say, well, do you do you want this kind of story? I said, guys, I just want good stories, whether it be basketball or baseball or or whatever, women's hoops, research. 
famous maroon band, whatever. And uh, all of that is in there. There are things in there. There are some little asides and some stories in there that I wanted to document for future generations. There's, let me tell you guys this. There's, there, the famous maroon band, you guys are unbelievable trolls. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, like when I, I have talked to some people, even some opposing fans or and or players, that they remember things that the famous maroon band did on, on a game day or in a holiday parade that really irritated them. And so I wanted to make sure that I had a couple of little things mentioned in there about the uh, the, the FMB. And so uh, the one thing I continue to hear, and, uh, and everybody that I interview, it's just an unbelievable, undeniable love for Mississippi State. And uh, so my hope is you will see this book for what it is, which is a celebration of Mississippi State. And uh, eager, eager, eager to have this process finished and, uh, and then to get back out on the road. I, I'll tell you, I, I love the road. I love being home, but I do love the road. I love being able to get out and, and uh, have an opportunity to meet you guys and, uh, and see things that matter. Because here's what's going to happen. When the book comes out, when Stark Villains comes out, people are going to say, oh, well, you should have interviewed this guy. And there are going to be a couple of people that I tried to interview that we just couldn't get together. And there are a couple of people that weren't quite ready to talk about certain things or whatever. And nothing controversial, but there's just a couple people that say, hey, you know, I'm just, you know, kind of involved in life and not really thinking about that sort of thing. I haven't had anybody just outright refuse to interview, but there have been a couple of people that I just, I just didn't feel the right vibe at the time. So I said, hey, let's, let's maybe wait a year or two. But here's what's going to happen. When this book gets out there, there are going to be all these other stories that are going to come up. And I've had people say, well, what are you going to do? And here's what we're going to do. In a few years, we'll write a sequel to Villains. And, and if we need to just continue doing this, that's what we'll do. Very, very excited about that. So, again, go to Stark Villain, Villains. Uh, you can do both. I think it's StarkVillains.com or StarkVillain.com. I think we have the URL on both of those. And go ahead and buy those shirts. Uh, you, you're going to be proud. Tr- trust me. When you read this book, you're going to have no problem whatsoever flipping that shirt on and walking out there and being proud because the Mississippi State Bulldogs and Mississippi State family has always kind of been the fly in the ointment for some people that have tried to uh, to run this state. You know, I'll leave it at that. So Mississippi State's going to play a baseball game tonight. But before we get to that, I want to get into some crazy things that happened yesterday. And, uh, and you know, midweek games are a bit of an adventure. Everybody kind of knows that. And as much as I love the work that they do at D1 Baseball, I do not agree uh, with any of this talk about, well, midweek games don't matter. Because I can assure you, uh, a couple of years ago, when we were losing to uh, – you know, what Oral Roberts and Eastern Kentucky, um, everybody made mention of those losses. And so it's funny how that works when the shoe's on the other foot. And, uh, you know, I'm a competitor. I want to win every game. And I believe most of the guys that put that maroon and white uniform on, they want to win every game too. They're not, they're not going into the night's game thinking, well, let's just get some work in and get ready for the weekend. No, they want to go win the dadgum ball game. So looking at yesterday, it was a, a crazy day in college baseball. And uh, this just happens to be the first score that pops up on the D1 Baseball Top 25 scoreboard from yesterday. The University of North Alabama beats the University of Northern Mississippi, Ole Miss, 10-6 to in Oxford. That is the first win over an SEC school since 1992 for UNA, and that win happened to be Mississippi State, just so you guys know. So don't get too full of yourselves. But 10-6 to over Ole Miss, and um, UNA had won five games. They were 5-21. and their first year D1 baseball, 5 of 21, with an RPI of 285. That is an RPI killer. So you say what you want to about midweek games not meaning anything. 
that will matter before the committee. I can assure you, a, a loss to a 285 team. And I think this is really kind of a microcosm of some of the struggles Ole Miss has had this year. Uh, they're a good baseball team. They're not a great baseball team. They are not an elite baseball team. And, I, and that, that is evident. And I think that is something that uh, they're going to play Florida this weekend. And uh, if Ole Miss doesn't win that series, I think you're going to see them kind of begin to fade uh, in a major way in a top 25. I, I just They were supposed to be a great pitching team. They're not. And uh, according to the folks at D1 Baseball, everybody, and, and I, I've asked some of these guys before, did they just inundate you guys with media relations release, promoting your players or whatever? Because I don't, other than Thomas Dillard, I don't think anybody at Ole Miss has lived anywhere up, lived anywhere close up to the billing they had uh, by many people in the baseball media. Uh, so looking around here, uh, UConn slips in the top 25 at number 22. They get shelled by Fairfield. Not, I mean, it could have been a staff of Fairfield ends. Who knows? 10 to 3. Uh, Georgia knocks off Clemson 5 to 3. Florida knocks off Florida A&M 12 1. Uh, Louisville takes number 10. Louisville takes down Kentucky 8 3. Georgia Tech, who's been playing better as of late, they take down Auburn 9 3. Coastal Carolina, number 19 in the country, they lose 4 2 to Illinois. South Carolina, who has really, really struggled. They played a neutral site game in Charlotte, North Carolina at BB&T Park. They take down NC State 10-8. So good win for the Gamecocks. I'm really glad we get them later in the year. Central Arkansas, you guys remember them. They came in here and gave uh, Mississippi State a lot of trouble in a regional here several years back. They take down number 24, Oklahoma State, 8-4. TCU gets by UT Arlington 3-2. Little Rock, you guys remember Mississippi State played Little Rock, got down 4-0 in that ballgame, ended up winning going away. Uh, They go into Fayetteville and beat Arkansas 17-7. If there had been a mercy rule, they would have been 10-run ruled, the Razorbacks. And and that's all I heard last weekend was how Arkansas was supposed to be such a great team. Arkansas is a very good team. Arkansas also not an elite team. I think they were ranked high very early on because of the fact of what they accomplished last year. But you lose guys like Carson Chatting and some leadership, and uh, they're they're a good team. They'll probably be a team that ends up hosting, but they are not an elite team. I think that is a series that we can go up there and get. Vanderbilt slips by Western Kentucky 5-4 to four in extra innings. How about that? A&M takes down Texas. That's a 9-12 matchup. 9-6 to six for the Aggies, and then LSU blank scrambling 9 to nothing. Number 17, Texas Tech, takes down New Mexico 15-6. San Diego State upsets number 6, Oregon State 4-3. Stanford, number 2, Stanford beats Fresno State 2-0. Uh, UCLA beats Cal State Northridge 10-1. Another big upset, Long Beach State. You remember them, the Dirtbags? They were, they were everywhere this preseason and got shelled. They take down Arizona State 14-9. So a, a wild day, lots of upsets. And so uh, my hope is, and uh, I think uh, this kind of goes without saying, is that uh, the Bulldogs need to come prepared to play tonight. And I suspect that they will, especially after the weekend uh, the Mississippi State had. Uh, they will be ready to go. Uh, you got good leadership on this team. And there are a lot of teams out there. Oh, and just, just so you guys, t- just, just so you know, just, just so you know, in case you missed, uh, Troy takes on Alabama last night 8-4. 8-4. And then this weekend's opponent, Tennessee, takes down Belmont 6-2. And Missouri and St. Louis went 10 innings. Mizzou wins 4-3 over the Billikens. So uh, kind of a wild night. But um, So Mississippi State needs to kind of avoid adding to the uh, the midweek malaise by uh, be, being ready to play, and I suspect they will be. Uh, Keegan James is going to pitch for Mississippi State. You know, he had won the, the Sunday job, and that's uh, been a little bit up and down. 
but I don't necessarily know that's necessarily indicative of Keegan James. I just think it's one of those things where we're a little bit unsettled on Sunday. So he will start tonight. As you guys know, the last couple of weeks, Eric Sarantola had been, uh, you know, the midweek guy and uh, had struggled to get out of the first inning. So I suspect we see him at some point, but uh, Keegan will get the start. What that tells me for Sunday is that Peyton Plumlee is probably going to be your opener for Sunday. I suspect that's the case. Now, we have seen a situation earlier this year where Keegan threw an inning or two on Tuesday and then turned around and pitched on Sunday. I, I don't think that will happen this time. But if he does go a – maybe he goes one time through the order, then he would be available maybe for an inning or two on, on Sunday. But I think you kind of cross that bridge when you get to it. But the bottom line is, is that Coach Chris Lamonis and Coach Scott Foxhall, they are kind of w- working through this pitching thing. They're, they're not, you know, immune to what's going on. They're seeing what's happening. They're looking to address it. You feel really good about where you are on Friday and Saturday. You feel good about your closer – and you're kind of piecing the rest of it together. And there are some interesting pieces to kind of work with there. But uh, the fact that Keegan's going to today, today tells me a little bit about what to expect this weekend. This is a big series for Mississippi State. Uh, this needs to be a 4-0 week. And listen, it's difficult to sleep on the road. So if we only win two this weekend, uh, you can probably feel good about that. But if we're really going to make a run at the SEC Championship, we need to get fat these next two weekends. You've heard me say that on Monday. This week needs to be a 4-0. If, if they can get to here 4-0, you're safely in the top 10. Uh, you're heading to a big week next week where you've got you, you've got another good chance to have a, another winning week. And then you begin to kind of stack these things together. On the uh, Louisiana Monroe side of things, uh, that's where things are a little bit different. And, and you guys need to be familiar with this. There are a lot of Mississippi guys on that team, and you would expect some of that being a border state. But many of these guys are products of Mississippi Junior Colleges. I'm just kind of running down a list here. Logan McDowell, uh, his uh, dad, Reuben McDowell, band director at Columbia High School, the Columbia High School in Columbia, Mississippi, a product of Meridian Community College. Um, Andrew Beasley out of Natchez, Mississippi, by way of Heinz Community College. Uh, Looking through here, a couple more guys. Names you may be familiar with. Ty Barnes out of Petal, Mississippi, by way of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Uh, Carson Klebzig, catcher out of Olive Branch, also went to Heinz Community College. Uh, a couple other names you may know. How about this one? Jacob Barton, former Mississippi State pitcher Jacob Barton from Mangum, Louisiana. Came here, went to LSU Eunice, and then signed on with Yeoman. He's a senior now. Uh, Jacob was a guy that was a reliever for State for some time. Uh, so he will have some familiarity with the uh, Mississippi State lineup. Uh, lots changed, of course, since, since he was here. Uh, but Jacob's a good guy, was here for the uh, 2017 season when things were really rough. You know what I'm saying? It was a really rough stretch, and uh, Jacob stood up and did a good job for us uh, while he was here. Wish him the absolute best, and uh, just, you know, hope it's not tonight. You know, he uh, he has pitched a good bit for them uh, in relief, got a couple of wins in relief, a bit of a long reliever for them. Uh, had uh, three strikeouts in five innings pitched against LSU earlier this year. And, uh, you know, this weekend against uh, Georgia Southern puts together a, uh, a four-inning performance, done a good job for him. And so wish him the best. It'll be interesting seeing him back, and I'm sure there will be some pleasantries exchanged between he and some of the other uh, Mississippi State players that he spent some time with. But uh, that's where Jacob ended up. And, and I, I'm one of those folks that uh, when guys leave the program, I don't harbor any ill will towards them. 
You know, I don't want them to come back here and beat us by any stretch of the imagination, but I want all those guys because you get to know them and their families. And, uh, you know, sometimes things just don't work out. And you get only a short time in life to play college ball. And you don't want to spend a lot of time sitting around on the bench. <clears throat> so I understand these guys kind of moving on. And so uh, that's uh, one of your Mississippi State connections there, obviously. Uh, looking down the list here before we get out of here uh, and, and kind of move on to get into your game preview, uh, Dylan Marsh out of uh, Lake Cormorant, Mississippi, a product of East Community uh, College, East Central Community College, pardon me. And then uh, tonight's pitcher, Cole Gray. Cole Gray is from Meridian, Mississippi, a product of East Central. And uh, so this will be big for him. We'll probably see a lot of people from Meridian come up and support him. Uh, Cole Gray is, uh, you know, he's one of these guys. Pardon me, make sure I get my numbers here. I know I'm, I'm incorrect. That, that's Cole Martin is the guy that's going to pitch tonight. But Cole Gray is a Meridian kid. Uh, big pitcher for them. So, again, got a lot of Coles on this roster. But Cole Martin, left-handed pitcher from Destry Hand, Louisiana, he's going to be uh, your starter tonight for the uh, the Warhawks out of Louisiana Monroe. Uh, and so, interesting, uh, as things kind of go with uh, with Cole here, just so you guys know, he is uh, he's a guy that's uh, it's his first year in the program there at Louisiana Monroe. And we have had um, we have struggled at times with left-handers. It makes me wonder with the left-hander throwing the night, perhaps if we don't see uh, Brad Cumbus as a DH rather than uh, the Josh Hatcher. But um, Cole has had uh, 21 innings pitched this year, kind of running through some numbers here. Uh, 20 Ks, 11 walks, so just a two-to-one ratio. Got an ERA. It's uh, quite substantial. 6.43 with an 0-2 record. Seven appearances, five starts. Uh, had some good work against Southern Miss and some good work against Louisiana Tech. Uh, they they win the Tech game, lose the Southern Miss game. He goes four innings against Louisiana Tech, goes four and a third against Southern Miss. That's a season long for him. And then was part of uh, wins against Southern University, the Jags, and uh, McNeese State. Primarily has been um, you know kind of a spot starter for them working in the midweek. So we will see how things kind of progress with him. That's your guy for tonight, though. Again, six. 0.43 ERA, 0 and 2, uh, has not thrown a lot of pitches. It's like the most he threw was against Southern Miss and, and uh, probably North, Northwestern State at 78. Second on the team and hit by pitches with five. So control seems to be a pretty big issue with him. You know, a lot of walks, uh, a lot of HBPs. And so it'll be interesting to see how State attacks him, to say the least. For Keegan James, there are a couple names to kind of be um, be mindful of here. Their leading hitter is, uh, and I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce this, but it's Trent Tinglestat, junior outfielder, uh, three and two last, three and twelve last weekend, uh, had a three and tw- three for twelve weekend, uh, and uh, is leading the team with a 374 batting average. The hit, this is a guy that's got some ability, and um, they got a home run hitter by the name of Chad Bell, six home runs for him. He was four of twelve over the weekend. Uh, so these guys are coming in, swinging a bat pretty well. They have played two SEC teams this year. Lost them both. Played uh, against LSU and played against Tennessee. They lose the LSU ball game 12 to seven and lose Tennessee seven to uh, seven to two. They are three and four in the midweek uh, over the, over the season. And uh, some of those midweek wins have uh, have been, you know, questionable competition. I'm not not trying to be disrespectful to anybody, but uh, it's one of those deals that they have played some teams in midweek that uh, 
you know, have not been very good. And just to kind of run through those, that they lose to Northwestern State in Natchitoches, 15 to nothing, and then they uh, they lose a pair of games against Southeastern Louisiana, 10-3 and 7 to one. Those games both in Hammond, and they uh, they lose two out of three to McNeese State at home, and they did beat Southern 10 to six. They uh, they took a trip, or they pardon me, they hosted Coastal Carolina. Man, what a good good deal for them to get Coastal Carolina in. And Carolina wins, uh, sweeps the series. And they lose uh, to Southern Miss 5-4 in Hattiesburg. Gets swept by Texas State on the road in San Marcos. They do beat Louisiana Tech. That's the Fighting Lane Burroughs. Beat them in Ruston uh, back on March 26. And they knock off Jackson State. So really a quality win against Louisiana Tech. And uh, the rest of it, you know, some of these directional schools they've really struggled against. And, uh, you know, some of the SWAC schools. And so I don't know what to expect from them from an offensive standpoint, but I would venture to say that when they have faced good pitching, they have really struggled. And so we will see what happens uh, you know, tonight. I'm eager to get back out to the ballpark. It seems like it's been a while, and uh, I'm eager to kind of have a, a better memory at Duty Noble than we had on Sunday, or pardon me, Saturday. It seems like forever since we played. But it's one of those deals where LSU seems to have our number, and I'm kind of tired of that. But I'm eager to get beyond it, if you know what I'm saying. I think you get into this weekend and uh, you win this series on the road at Tennessee. And, man, how great would it be to sweep? I'm not expecting that. But if we could go get a sweep down there, it kind of it remedies some of that issue with LSU. You don't ever want to lose a home series, much less one to LSU. Uh, but we've got some ground to make up to really get back in the race here. But uh, I remind people, you know, we were 2-7 and seven last year after three SEC series and ended up going to Omaha. We're 5-4 and four this year. And we had a very uh, front-loaded schedule. And so we've survived that with a winning record. And now it's an opportunity for us to kind of get out there and, and really establish if we are an elite team this year or not. I believe that we are. I expect this team to play well uh, on the road. We've done. We've played well on the road all year. We played well down in Frisco. We played well in Gainesville. Uh, so sometimes it's good to kind of pack the, pack the bus get on the road and go figure some things out. That's what I expect to happen. Now, there's a couple of things that I wanted to make you guys mindful of because I see a lot of questions about this, and there are a lot of people out there that have kind of spread some misinformation, I think kind of unknowingly spread some misinformation. And uh, I was kind of uh, in the dark a little bit, and I did some research. And I want to make sure that you guys are aware of this. There are some people out there that believe you cannot buy chairback tickets to Mississippi State. Okay, so here's the deal with that. Season tickets for Mississippi State are completely sold out, but there are some people that will put their tickets back up for sale through the university, and here is how that works. You're not going to walk up there on game day and get them, okay? So on Tuesdays, the Tuesday prior to the weekend series, so let's say next weekend for Super Bulldog weekend, because there's a lot of questions about that. The Tuesday prior to SBW, Bulldog Club members will have an opportunity to log on and have a chance to buy chairback tickets on Tuesday. Any remaining available chairback tickets will be put up for sale on Wednesday before the series. And that's every home week, okay? That's So it's available to Bulldog Club members first on Tuesdays. So there's some incentive for you to join the Bulldog Club, right? And, and you don't have to be a rich person to do that, okay? You are, by being a member of the club, whether you give $100 or whatever, you get access to the database first, an opportunity to buy those chairback tickets. So if, if you're not a member of the Bulldog Club, let me encourage you to consider doing that because if you're a baseball fan, you're going to have, you know, 
the opportunity to secure those tickets before the general public. And let me let me go ahead and share this with you too. You should be a member of the Bulldog Club anyway, and uh, use that to buy season tickets. There's some privileges that go along with being a member of that group. This is one of them. But so if you if you weren't able to buy season tickets, or maybe you didn't want to make that financial commitment, you you can still get a chair back. But you're not going to be able to walk up on game day on Saturday and say, hey, what's available in the grandstand? Because the answer to that question is going to be nothing. So Tuesday, Bulldog Club members, they go on sale. And they announced this at the ball game. I think people kind of, you know, they just kind of move on from it. Or you're caught up in conversation or you've had a cold beer or whatever. And then Wednesday, the general public. So there are people out there that say, hey, you know, there's no chairbacks to be had. There are chairbacks to be had, but there is a process to get them. And that involves going through the Mississippi State ticket office. And again, Bulldog Club members get priority on Tuesday, general public on Wednesday. You got it? So not this week. Don't go looking lining on today. Don't get online today because we're on we're on the road this week in Knoxville. So, so next week, prior to Super Bulldog weekend, you need to go check that. And uh, you you know, you can go to, you know, these third party vendors and you can go ahead and get those tickets now, but you're gonna pay a lot more. So if you wanna take the chance of getting them at face value, then um, that's the way to go. But uh, if you're if, if you're gonna go, it, there's some people like me. I mean, I, I don't mind paying a little bit more just to kind of remove the anxiety in life. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, like I, I know that I've got my ticket, I don't have to worry with it. Uh, so you, if you're one of those people, go ahead and buy tickets through a third party. I'll never tell anybody else, you know, you know what to do with that sort of thing. But um, the bottom line is that there are some tickets and opportunities available for you uh, as you kind of begin to push forward here and uh, begin to think about this. Because now we're, at, we're we're in kind of the slow season now. Men's basketball is over. Women's basketball is over. And now baseball and softball are really the only games in town. And uh, I'm going to encourage you, too, when you get a chance, for, for those of you that are local, go by and check out softball. They need to go support them. They are, they're an exciting team. I mean, they, and you never know what's going to happen in those ball games, man. I mean, it's it is wild. They they can get down four or five nothing and then come back. Next thing you know, they've got an eight five lead. It, it is a wild undertaking. So there is going to be more of a demand for baseball tickets. That's one thing. That's really the point of what I'm trying to say with this with the uh, talking about the slow season. That the only game in town is going to be the ones with the balls and the bats. And so there are a lot of people that were on the road with the team. There are people that were committed, and there are some people that are true maroon. They're going to come to everything they can, and I uh, love those people. And uh, I know everybody kind of aspires to be those people. At some point, you think, man, how great would it be to live near Starville and be able to go to every game? Uh, I can tell you, uh, it is, um, it's a lot of the same faces, man. And uh, a lot of people retired to the area and, and uh, very, very happy. It's one of the reasons they retired up here so they could come be a part of everything. So there will be more demand for baseball tickets. So you need to be smart in what you do and smart in how you handle things. And, um, again, for season ticket holders, you've already addressed all that. So let's look ahead for uh, people. There's a lot of discussion now about what should we expect for women's basketball kind of moving forward. Uh, and I have seen some people, and I don't know if it's just kind of a, of a, a rational exuberance or just a competitive spirit, hey, we're going to win an AFL championship next year. You know, listen, let's pump the brakes on all that, okay? Let's really kind of slow that down a little bit. I think we're certainly a, a, a contending team next year in the Southeastern Conference. I, if I had to pick today, and I think I share this with you on Monday, I think I'm going to go with South Carolina as the, uh, the, the preseason pick to win the SEC. Uh, but uh, State will be a good team. We'll have an opportunity to uh, to get in the tournament, and we'll be better as the year goes on because it's going to be one of those deals too. 
Uh, and I don't rule out transfers. You know, it's like everybody says, well, you know, you never know. Listen, here's the deal. Vic Schaefer probably works that waiver wire better than anybody. And so I will not be the least bit surprised if he doesn't find a grad transfer or a, a collegiate transfer that can play immediately that could uh, kind of transform the team. And so all that being said, let's kind of put that to the side for now. But I, I believe that you will probably have another player at some point. At some point. I think there will be somebody that's not in the mix right now that will be. Because just this time last year, we weren't sure about Andrew Howard. We weren't sure about, uh, you know, Andy Espinosa. You know, Hunter, we're recruiting those players. But, you know, we felt really good about Andrew Howard. She pretty much let us know last year or pretty early on that she was coming. But, um, but you look back, where would we have been without those two ladies? So there will be some other pieces kind of coming into the mix here. But uh, this is a team, very, very talented, going to be a much different team next year, going to be a lot more perimeter-oriented. And that's really what people want. I continue to hear that Chloe Bibby is uh, is ahead of schedule, uh, and with what we saw with Andy Espinosa down the stretch, you know, I think we can feel good about her. Let next year as a starter. Got to get better on the defensive end. Got to get better on the defensive end. There are times that you know people could kind of drive right past her, where she couldn't, didn't really move her feet and get in front of people and and play the defensive effort that Vic Schaefer wants. And so that's something that she will work on because now she's in the system, and this is one and. Victor says before, if you come to Mississippi State, you got to play defense. And so there will be a new intensity, I suspect, next year. That's one thing somebody mentioned to me, a good friend says, you know, we didn't take nearly as many charges this year. And that's true. I mean, I really, I only remember Bree Ember Scott being a person really, you know, committed to kind of putting her feet in the ground and stand there and take a charge. And uh, and they were some, sometimes those are emotional plays. Those are big moments where you can kind of turn things around. I don't know if we've ever had anybody in the history of Mississippi State women's basketball, probably men or women, that uh, was more emphatic about getting a charge than uh, Dominic Dillingham. With her on the staff, I suspect that you will see uh, that become a point of emphasis uh, as we move forward because I don't believe Mississippi State did a good job with that all year, to be quite honest. Uh, but when you begin to think about this team with Chloe Bibby and Andy Espinosa, uh, and then you, you've got to find somebody to run the point. Maya Taylor, of course, I think, uh, you know, will be a point guard. And as, as small as she is, it's amazing how quick she is as well. But, uh, you know, she is a player with a, an unbelievable high school resume. She is the three-time Mississippi Gatorade player of the year. Not even Victoria Bivians did that. She went three in a row, pardon me. Maya won it three years in a row. And not even Victoria did that. And so uh, this is going to be a roster that uh, is lacking of dominant and rough types. Okay, we are recruiting at such a high level. This is going to be a roster comprised of McDonald's All-American nominee selection type kids. You get your first, you know, McDonald's All-American participant in the game in Rakia Jackson, but you had several nominated for the game. This is the way we're trending from a recruiting standpoint. And that when you do the things that Vic Schaefer and his staff have done, and they are all outstanding, and they are all committed to Mississippi State, too. You think about Atlanta, Nevada, and uh, Johnny Harris, really the whole crew there. They are committed to getting Mississippi State a national championship. And we have done some things in recent years we have never done before. We had never won the Southeastern Conference. We've won it back-to-back years. We had never won the Southeastern Tournament Championship. We've done it this year. So we've made history every year, and uh, every year we seem to set new records. And at some point... You kind of reach the point where you figure, okay, so what's next? What's left for us to do? 
And really, the only thing left for us to do now is to win the national championship. Now, I do not expect Mississippi State to be a national championship contender next year. Just because of the fact it's going to take some while for this thing to gel. I think we're right back in that Final Four mix in 2021. You know, and I mean, what I mean by that, I'm counting 2020 as the next season. So I think in two years, Mississippi State's the Final Four team again. Because when you begin to think about, you know, Chloe Bibby and Andy Espinosa and them having a couple of years under their belt playing together, uh, you begin to kind of say, okay, next year we don't have a single senior on the team, which means that everybody will return unless somebody likes to transfer. But nobody will graduate out of the program after 2020. And so you'll have an opportunity to return the team pretty much intact for 2021. And so we might take a hiatus here from the SEC championships in 2020 and then be right back to claiming those and hanging new banners in 2021. But I expect next year's team to be a very good team. I don't know if we're elite next year. And and please don't you know don't tweet me six months from now saying, hey, Steve, you said we weren't going to be any good. I believe we're going to be really good. I just don't think we win an SEC championship. Probably pick third or fourth in the league next year. And a lot of that's going to be on based on potential. But also, too, on the fact that Vic Schaefer has kind of earned the benefit of the doubt around this league. People are going to say, you know what? Vic lost four starters three consecutive years and uh, still found, still finds a way to put a good team on the floor. And so I think the the years of, uh, you know, the, the peaks and valleys that kind of go along with a program like that, I think those are kind of behind us for the foreseeable future with Vic Schaefer. I don't think you're going to see what we build and build and build and then we finally get to the top of the mountain or close to it. And if we make it or we don't, we're right back down in the valley the next year. I think those years are behind us. And if you look at what Vic has done and his staff, it, it has been a very consistent maturation of the program. It's not like he showed up one day and then went and won the Birmingham Bowl and signed the top ten class. That's not how it's worked. It's been a very natural progression of things. And so very excited to see what is to come. I expect them to be a very, very good team next year. But I also, again, don't be surprised if you're reading here in the next couple of weeks that um, you know there's some new names on the horizon uh, possibly could come in next year, kind of an Andrea Howard type or a, an Andy Espinosa. Don't be the least bit surprised because I'm I'm expecting that to happen because I know Vic Schaefer. I know how relentless he is as a recruiter, and I know there's going to be some big names out there kind of looking uh, for other opportunities, and uh, I believe Mississippi State will have an opportunity for for a young lady. Men's basketball is a little different situation. I, I expect the men's basketball team to be a little different next year, but I think that they could be a fun team to watch. And uh, when you think about Tyson Carter coming back and, and the maturation of his game and uh, Robert Woodard, you know, that of all the players on our team, and I mean no disrespect to anybody, he is a guy that I really, really am excited about. I think that he is a guy that can be a real difference maker as a starter on this team. You know what you're going to get out of Reggie Perry, and he's only going to get better great this year as a freshman going to be even better you know that's and that's really when state began to kind of make their run this year is when reggie perry began to be a guy that you could run your offense through and uh, he's only going to get better and uh, really excited about his future at mississippi state but when you look at those pieces and say okay you feel good about that and then some of the guys that redshirted last year and some guys coming in uh, State is going to probably be a lot more of a guard-oriented team again. You know, Nick, if Nick Wellerspoon comes back and can play the full year, that's going to be important. He's, he's probably your point guard. He ran some of the point this year. Uh, you know, his situation is still a little bit unsettled, but uh, I, I, I firmly believe that Nick Wellerspoon will be back at Mississippi State next year. He said that on Twitter, but I, there are some people that say, well, you know, what's he going to do? 
there's a lot that's been said, and we can't fully comment on it because I can't get anybody on the record to really confirm things. Mississippi State's been very, very tight-lipped about this situation, as you would expect them to be. Anything that involves a matter of student privacy uh, is going to be, uh, you know, very, very private, and so, and should be, rightfully so. But we have asked enough to the point that I feel like a pest, okay? And a lot of it's because we want to get information. We don't want to put things out there to the detriment of the university, but at the same time, you know, people want answers. But when there is an issue of student privacy, nobody is going to talk on the record. But I believe that Nick will have every opportunity to be back next year and, um, and, and be a big part of this basketball team. And, uh, and so as we kind of move forward with that, uh, I think that's something that probably once we get through the spring semester, I think once we get through the spring in classes this semester, as we get into summer, we'll probably begin to know some things there, at least hopefully. I don't know when we see Ben Howland again. I don't know when we get an opportunity to ask him uh, or when or if Mississippi State will announce anything with him. That that could happen uh, when the season begins. I don't know. But I fully expect Nick Witherspoon to be here next year. And spring football is, uh, is underway. Paul Jones and Dave Murray doing a great job covering that for us. And uh, we do a daily depth chart over there. Paul puts that together. does a great job with that. And so if you're looking for some insight on football, you can go to jeanspage.com and go check it out. And uh, we will have that every time there is a practice. We will have a notebook, some feature interviews, and a depth chart. Just if there's any changes, it'll be, it'll be available for you to see right there. We make some of that stuff free. We don't make it all free. We make some of it free. If you're not a VIP member, you darn well should be. What are you waiting for? Go jump on board and come come be a part of uh, the largest Mississippi State community in the history of Al Gore's Internet over on Gene's page. Look forward to being with you guys on Friday. Again, uh, that show will likely be available for you early on on Friday. I'm a little later today, kind of getting things going. I had some things you know working for, for the book and had some phone calls to make. But, um, well, I will do my best to have that story up Friday because I want to hit the road early. And then we'll be back on uh, on Monday to kind of recap the weekend that was. It's pretty much college baseball and football recruiting now uh, for the foreseeable future, for the next few months. That's what we're going to be talking about here on the show and uh, we'll get through spring football. And you got to think, it's crazy to think about this time next week, many of you guys are going to be making your plans to come to Starkville for Super Bulldog weekend. We encourage you to be here as often as you can and support our local merchants. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those great things, too, like Bulldog Burger Company. Those guys have been with us for so long. And uh, I'm very, very happy to partner with them. Bulldog Burger Company is uh, one of those Starkvillian institutions that are invested in Starkville, Mississippi. This is a, a great group of restaurants, a family of restaurants by Mississippi State families who are invested in your community. And so I encourage you when you're in town to go by and frequent Bulldog Burger Company. Go find all your new favorites. There's so many people that said, hey, Steve, I didn't like pimento and cheese, and so I tried the pimentology burger. And I don't know that I'm ready to try that dinner on the grounds uh, chicken, uh, pardon me, pimento and cheese sandwich, but I like the pimentology. There's so many great options to choose from there. We encourage you to go by and frequent that restaurant as often as you can be. It is the restaurant closest to campus in the Cotton District. You can go have a, you can have an adult beverage there. You can uh, have a family night there. It's a, it's a place for everybody. Nobody should feel uncomfortable with our burger company. We love going there. It is the Robertson Family Restaurant of Choice uh, in Starkville. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So looking ready to get out of here. Uh, again, we'll see you at the Dude tonight and then be back Friday morning kind of recap what happened tonight and uh, kind of look forward for the weekend. Should be a big weekend in the Southeastern Conference, kind of a uh, 
kind of a changing weekend, kind of a get right or get left weekend for many teams in this conference, and Mississippi State's one of those. And I think we've got a real opportunity to make a statement uh, this weekend. And uh, this weekend could you know, tell the tale for a lot of people about their ability to host. And I know it's just four weekends into the into the league series, but uh, you begin to get down early in this unforgiving league, you could find yourself at, in the middle of the bottom of the heap very, very quickly because uh, nobody will ever feel sorry for you in this league. And every game matters. It's one of those things. It's not just about winning the series. You want to win the series, but you want to win them all because they don't they don't get to, get to the end of the year and say, well, this team won eight series. No, they get down there. Who won the most SEC games? And that's the team we want to be. So we got to go to do our best to try to get through this weekend. Until Friday. Let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.